Hi, and welcome to another edition of the Poetry Focus Podcast. I'm your host, David Youngblood, and today we'll be doing something a little bit different. I want to take a look at the idea of translations, and we're going to be looking at a single poem by Rainier Maria Rilke, a poem entitled The Panther, but we'll be looking at it from four different translators. So what I want to kind of make a point about translations is uh, translators have a difficult job uh, preserving structure, preserving um, organization, preserving word choice, uh, but also trying to preserve some sort of meaning and intent. It's kind of a difficult uh, way to work. Rilke is writing his poem, The Panther, in German, so trying to make that fit with English is maybe a little bit easier than in some uh, other languages. But what I want to do is read you four different translations of the same poem uh, that's originally in German, and then have you kind of consider, as you look at these, uh, where the emphasis seems to be uh, that the translator is making. So you can find copies of this on our website at uh, EliteLiteraryBookGroup.com. So be sure to visit. You can find a copy of all four translations as well as a, a nice little activity uh, that goes along with it to help you kind of uh, focus your thoughts a little better. So our first translation is from Robert Bly. Again, the poem is entitled The Panther. Here's Robert Bly. From seeing the bars, his seeing is so exhausted that it no longer holds anything anymore. To him the world is bars, a hundred thousand bars, and behind the bars nothing. The lithe swinging of that rhythmical easy stride which circles down on the tiniest hub is like a dance of energy around a point in which a great will stands stunned and numb. Only at times the curtains of the pupils rise without a sound. Then a shape enters, slips beyond the tightened silence of the shoulders, reaches the heart, and dies. Now here's the same poem, this time by translator Gerald Duffy. And what I want you to do is listen. You notice uh, this translator has made a different choice, um, maybe to prefer... Uh, to preserve some of the style. He's kept a little bit of a rhyme scheme that uh, Bly decided not to do. But uh, see if you hear a difference in like what the impact of this translation might be. The pacing past the bars, the steady stare, a tiredness grown so nothing holds him here. Of a thousand iron bars he seems aware, a thousand bars, no world beyond this sphere. With supple strength, with soft and gentle mode, he turns in smallest circles round his flank. It's like a dance of power round a node, his great volition standing stunned and blank. Sometimes his eyelids rise so he can sense a picture enter into the moment's part, descend through limbs of sinew silent, tense, and thinning, fading, cease within his heart. So hopefully you can see uh, a little bit of a difference there. Um, really, the emphasis changes as you get to those rhymes. Um, but now let's listen to two more. Uh, this one is from Albert Ernest Fleming. Again, the poem is Rainier Maria Rilke's The Panther. His tired gaze from passing endless bars has turned into a vacant stare which nothing holds. To him, there seem to be a thousand bars, and out beyond these bars exists no world. His supple gait, the smoothness of strong strides, that gentle turning in ever smaller circles, perform a dance of strength centered deep within, a will stunned but untamed, indomitable, 
But sometimes the curtains of his eyelids part, the pupils of his eyes dilate as images of past encounters enter while through his limbs attention strains in silence, only to cease to be, to die within his heart. And finally, we'll look at Winslow Shea's translation of the Panther. His gaze, so worn with passing through the bars, holds nothing now, not even its own stare. There is, it seems to him, a thousand bars, and past the thousand bars, no world out there. The soft padding of his strong paws on the floor, revolving in the smallest ring of all, is like a dance of power around a core, in which a mighty will stands stunned and stall. Sometimes the shudder of his pupil parts, without a sound, and then an image will slip through the silent tension of the limbs, until stopped in the heart, it's still. So four very different looks at the same original uh, poem here, and I'll leave it to you. I think it, it probably will work best if you look at the copies yourself and then begin to make your own judgments about which is more effective or in what areas one poem might be more effective than the other. But again, the lesson here with the translation is to remember that translators have a difficult job as it is. Um, trying to preserve the intent or trying to pre preserve a truth about the poem uh, while at the same time not sacrificing so much of the style, which, you know, obviously in poetry especially, uh, is, is very intentional for many poets. So until next time, we'll take a look at some other poetry. But again, take a look at our website at EliteLiteraryBookGroup.com, and you can find translations of this poem as well as all the others uh, from our podcast, along with a host of other materials. We'll see you next time. <laughs>